I'm Candace Long with Lessons in the Latter Days, offering biblical commentary to make sense of the times that we're living in. In this episode, I want to explore a topic that has been front and center in most every news cycle for months. It is my nature as a spiritual forecaster that when something repeats over and over again, I tend to ask whether God is trying to get our attention about something that we're not seeing. So today's topic is all about border security. Now we know that our southern border is a mess. There is no security there whatsoever because of all of the breaches where illegal aliens are pouring in. But today I want to stretch our thinking a little bit and talk about how secure your borders are. Let me step back a minute and define what I mean by border. We tend to think of a border as only a geographical boundary, the border of a country or a state or a city limits or even your property boundaries where you have legal rights because you own that piece of property. But the word border in a metaphorical sense, could also mean the boundary around your family life, your marriage, your personal health, your job security, the work God has called you to do, and even your cellular border. That is how susceptible you are to disease. So I want you to expand your thinking around the word border. I want to give you a little seven-point checklist so you can examine how secure your borders are. So let me read seven questions to you. If you answer yes to one of them, just hold up a finger. Let's go through the seven questions and you'll be able to count your score easily without having to grab paper and pen. So here goes. Number one. Has your financial situation suffered to where you have had to sell assets or dip into your savings in order to get by? Yes or no? Stick a finger up if you have a yes answer. Number two, have you experienced recent loss of property? Now, this could be your home or anything else that you own or have legal title to or that you are responsible for. Number three, Has someone recently encroached on a business opportunity you had, resulting in an unexpected loss of income or business growth? Number four, have you experienced continued health problems? Number five, do you worry about catching COVID? Number six, is your family life in a state of turmoil and confusion? And number seven, have you had recent attacks against your reputation or integrity? So how many yes answers did you have? Now, the more that you answered yes shows how shaky your border security is. Now, why am I talking about this? Because to God, setting borders of protection around his children are a primary part of his responsibility. This is his covenant with you. Now that's what he promises to those who are his. 
So if you are seeing some evidences of breach in your life because something bad is spilling out where it shouldn't, then we're going to look at how to repair the broken places in your walls of protection. In the first chapter of the book of Job, we see how involved God gets in establishing secure borders around his children. Let me read you a few verses. Now there was a day when the sons of God, who are angels, the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? And then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. Put forth your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. Now, I want you to notice several key things about this little scene. First, the scene took place in what's called the courts of heaven, or the divine council where legislative work is done. Now, this is a very real place in God's kingdom. Complaints come before God day in and day out, and it is here where he dispenses justice. Now, we need to know what takes place in these courts of heaven sessions, because during the kingdom, which is where we are headed, We are told in 1 Corinthians 6, among many other verses, that we, God's faithful followers, will judge the world with Jesus for 1,000 years. That means that some of us will be involved in dispensing justice according to God's ways. So it's important for us to know about the courts of heaven and the entire biblical record of how God has judged various things over the years. Another reason it's important is if you have a problem with your border security, which we'll explore further in a minute, it's the courts of heaven where you will need to go to present your case for justice and repair of your broken walls. Now, the next thing I want you to notice is that Satan has free access to come and go into the courts of heaven. He lives to make accusations, so he is constantly accusing God's people of all manner of things. He knows every transgression that you and I have ever made, as well as all of our ancestors going all the way back to Adam and Eve. Third, I want you to listen again to what Satan said about Job. Have you, meaning God, have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? A hedge is a border, God's border of protection and security around Job, his family, his livelihood, his property, his flocks and herds, his standing in the community, his health, everything. Job had a five-star rating when it came to border security. So as you examine your life, and me too, and something bad keeps cropping up in the same area, that's where we locate the breach. 
Let me give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. During the time of Jacob, there was a horrible famine in the land. Jacob brought all of his family to Egypt, and this was during the time that his son Joseph was the governor. Now, because of Joseph's good standing with the Pharaoh, all of the Hebrews were given the land of Goshen as their settlement so their flocks and herds would have good pasture even during the famine. Now, years later, when the Jews became enslaved by the Egyptians, God sent Moses to deliver them. He instructed Moses to tell a different Pharaoh, the evil one, to set his people free. And at that time, God set an invisible border between Goshen and Egypt. Now, you know the story. The land came under severe judgment from the Almighty when God began to release various plagues on the land. In Exodus 6, before the swarms of flies were released, the Lord gave Moses a message for Pharaoh. He said, The day that I release the flies, I, meaning God, will set apart the land of Goshen where my people dwell, so that no swarms of flies will be there, that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. In Exodus 9, God released another plague, this time on the cattle in the field. But we read, But the Lord will make a distinction between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, so that nothing shall die of all that belongs to the people of Israel. All in all, God released ten plagues on Egypt, the worst plagues that had ever been, because Egypt was a nation under judgment. But nothing, not one thing, came upon the Jewish people. God guarded and protected them 100%. Now, to apply this principle to today, all hell is going to break loose in the world leading up to the time of the kingdom. But we learn from this Tavnit that nothing devastating will happen to God's people because He will keep our personal borders secure. Do you believe this happens today? Another example is found in Psalm 91. Let me read a few verses. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your habitation, no evil shall befall you. No plague or calamity will come near your dwelling place. This is a promise. Do you believe it? I want to be very real here because Christians are divided in this area. There are those who hold God 100% to His Word. They believe with absolute certainty that the Lord will keep them from every plague or pestilence. Now, later in this psalm, the Lord tells us, A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. There is an intimacy that we can have and should have with the Father where there is not one doubt concerning His faithfulness in the area of our personal security. Now, if you do not have this level of confidence in the Lord, let me suggest there may be a breach in your border that you need to attend to in order to build your faith because the world is getting more and more evil. The Lord does not want you to be tossed about like waves of the sea and find no rest. He wants you to know that He's got you covered. So what do you do? 
Well, the first thing you need to do is to locate the source of the problem. In other words, where is the breach? Now, in 51 years of walking with the Lord, whenever there are problems that keep happening in the same area of my life, it is most likely God pointing his finger at that issue so that I will finally recognize it and deal with it. That's how we grow. And one of my go-to places for self-examination is in the last part of Deuteronomy, probably my most favorite book of the Bible. Remember when Moses gathered the people in the beginning of the book, after being in the wilderness 40 years, to give them their last set of instructions and perspective before crossing over into the promised land, he said something very interesting in chapter 4. But all of you who held fast to the Lord, your God, are still alive today. Now that wasn't many of them. He was talking to the remnant, those who made it through the refining fire of the wilderness. He had personally protected them from every plague, every enemy battle, every time of drought and danger. They made it through because God was 100% faithful to those who held fast to him. Now, are you still holding fast to the Lord your God? Toward the end of Deuteronomy, there's a section God wants us to take note of. It's chapters 27 and 28. Now, one of Moses' final assignments before the Lord took him home was to set the boundaries for blessings and for curses. And he used two mountains to do this, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. Moses told the leaders to go up on top of Mount Gerizim and set up stone pillars on which they inscribed God's laws, outlining the blessings that will follow those who walk in his ways. On top of Mount Ebal, however, they were to write the curses that will fall on those who refuse to do so. Now, the blessings and curses could not be displayed more prominently. That's because the Lord wants us to always know where to go if we see weaknesses in our borders. He tells us every day that we have a choice. We can choose life or we can choose death. And he spells out what those choices mean. It's not some nebulous, unclear something because God had the people write it out. If you do this, you will be blessed in all you do, and you will enjoy 100% personal border security. If you don't walk in my ways, certain curses will come upon you. It couldn't be any more clear. So when we know the Torah, God's articulation of his ways, and the way his kingdom is governed, we can know 100% whether or not we will experience blessings or curses. So let's bring this down to home. If you've got some area in your life that is consistently messed up, there is a reason. There is a just cause. There is a definitive breach in a particular area, a point of law that you have overlooked, you've not known about, or you flat out refuse to follow. But it's in those courts of heaven where Satan makes accusation against you. 
Now, once that guilty verdict is pronounced, God is obligated to release proper judgment because these laws and ordinances and statutes are His. He honors them and dispenses justice according to them. Now, let me say here that this self-examination is not something to fear. On the contrary, it is freedom to have such consistent cause and effect. If you don't see any signs of curses manifesting in your life, and you're not experiencing any guilty conscience about anything, then wonderful. Live your life. But if bad stuff in a particular area keeps happening, that's when you want to go to Deuteronomy 27 and 28 and find the source of the problem and then repent. I have had to do this several times in my life. To seriously get before God and seek the source of what keeps spilling out into what should have been a secure border. Now, after losing almost everything at 9-11, which I've discussed before in the episode When Life Falls Apart, I did a real deep dive into my ancestral background. You see, 9-11 was not the first time that things fell apart for me financially. Over the years, I noticed that whenever things were just getting ready to break through for me to succeed in something, I would get hit from somewhere unexpectedly and financially things would fall apart. This happened so many times that it finally dawned on me that the breach in my border had to do with financial stability. And I can't possibly tell you how long I examined my life to find out what I might have done wrong, because I couldn't find it for a long time. I have a very strong work ethic. I am absolutely anal about paying my bills, keeping a high credit score, and tithing far more than 10%. So to my knowledge, I was clueless at what accusations Satan would be bringing against me in the courts of heaven. Because I was reaping the curse of continued financial insufficiency. The blessings that God meant for me slipped through the cracks time and time again. Now, I want to say right here that I am not a proponent of prosperity thinking. I believe this is a dangerous theology to believe that God is going to drop a million dollars in my lap just because I declare it. My view of God is one who wants us to develop an honorable work ethic and become a diligent steward of what little we have been given. Now, if he chooses to give us more to manage, it is because we have been found faithful in the little. But my insufficiency did not have to do with a wrong work ethic. There was clearly something else at work, and I was determined to track down the source of the breach in my wall. And what I ultimately discovered was that I was guilty of not one, but two from the list of curses in Deuteronomy 27, and I had no knowledge of them whatsoever. But once I opened my life up for examination by the Lord, and I acknowledged what I had done wrong, I repented. The curse was broken and financial instability no longer messed up my life. The first curse I opened myself up to was an ancestral curse, where several of my forefathers, generations back, 
made vows to a false god. That took a long time to track down, and I talk about that fully in my book, Letters to Aaliyah, A Personal Journey of Generational Healing. I'll provide a link to it in this episode's description notes if you want more information on that. But the one that I want to talk about today was another curse found in verse 16. Cursed be he who dishonors his father or his mother. This is a spiritual law that basically says that if you do not honor your father or your mother in a particular area, things will not go well with you in that area. Now, I learned this understanding from the late John and Paula Sanford. They were pioneers of the inner healing movement in the 80s and 90s, and they called it a bitter root judgment. I'll never forget listening to them teach on this revelation years ago, and as I listened, I became more and more convicted. Now, listening to them, I knew immediately what I was guilty of. You see, years ago, I judged my father in the area of financial instability. There was a time in his life as a young father when he went from job to job trying to find himself or so it appeared to us children. I hate to admit this, but I want to show you how these curses operate. They are very real. When my brother and I were in school, we had to fill out papers that always asked your father's occupation. Now, my father rarely came to dinner with the family because he got in late, so sitting around the dinner table with mother, we would bring this up with sarcasm and laughter and say, so what do we put down this year for daddy's occupation? I was guilty of a bitter root judgment toward my father, looking down my nose at his struggles to find himself. So I can only imagine those courts of heaven sessions when Satan demanded to sift my financial ventures and tear them apart. No doubt God asked him for evidence to support why he should be allowed to strip me of financial success, and all the enemy had to say was, Candy dishonored her father by judging him to be financially lacking. He probably recounted all the dates and times when I laughed behind my father's back and spoke disrespectfully of him. The evidence in the courts mounted up. God had no choice but to find me guilty. So time and again throughout my life, things would fall apart financially. In hindsight, God allowed these hard times to happen over and over to get my attention so I would deal with it. Thankfully, God straightened me out before my father passed away. I was able to ask his forgiveness for the awful things that I said about him growing up. It took time because there were many years of hurt and misunderstanding. But through it all, God reconciled my relationship with my father and gave me insights into inner healing on this deeper level. And since then, God has shown himself to be 100% faithful to me financially. God's laws, his ways are true and perfect and righteous. And when we take heed to them, we are blessed. When we don't, we experience the consequences of a broken border. 
It is our souls that we are fighting for on this journey to the kingdom. Our Father has such a glorious place prepared for us. Do not settle for anything less. If you'd like to share this episode with others, you'll find it on my podcast page at CandiceLong.com. As always, with any episode, you can look at my description notes and find links to other resources if you want to go deeper. I'm Candace Long. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll join me again next time for Lessons in the Latter Days. God bless.